Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Happy Brewers Outlet Day, everybody. Yes. The Super Bowl is Sunday. I know the suit's going to warm up and look at all the Steelers Super Bowls throughout the course of the day and then replay them on Madden. (laughs) That's, That's exactly accurate. Yeah. And what's going to happen is this. He's going to take the one with Green Bay, for example that they didn't win. And he's going to change the game plan. <laughs> okay, then cheat. <laughs> then cheat. And they're going to win. He's going to take the Super Bowl Super Bowl 30 with the Cowboys. He's going to change the game plan for Neil O'Donnell. And if need be, cheat <laughs> and he's going to win. Maybe you'll pull the old uh, Mike Tomlin trip on the pick six. <laughs> Where do you think Tomlin got it from? Uh, there All you right. go. <laughs> <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft drink snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. And the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none, all at the great Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Lincoln Kia Hyundai, great new inventory. Fabulous selection of pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Roots 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Great to have you with us on the show today. Holly Rowe will join us on the show today from ESPN. She will be the guest speaker when the the Lady Line basketball team a week from tomorrow will have their pink zone game in the Jordan Center. By the way, they won again last night. They won three in a row. Carolyn Keegers team is playing well. They got Wisconsin coming up Sunday. But on the 13th, they'll play the pink zone game. Now, obviously, people can't be in attendance. So what they're trying to do is come up with different ways to raise money for breast cancer research. And they came up with a virtual brunch that they're going to do on Wednesday. And Holly Rose is going to be the guest speaker. And Holly's going to join us on the show to talk about that. And also to talk about sports, her career, and so forth. All right. So that will be later. And then the King later today as well. We're going to discuss prop bets as time goes. And I have lots uh, of good ones, too. Oh, good. See, I love that. That's great. That is great. We'll, uh, we'll have fun with that. And I think that, that's important, that we have fun with that. It's only for fun. 
Meanwhile, in the corner office, vigorously writing each one down because they take it seriously. (laughs) The... um, It's interesting when we talk about the gambling part of it. I'm in Las Vegas. Mm, Boy, this had to be four years ago. So Jeff Tarman, Dick Girardi, and I, we get to Las Vegas. They they played a game. Penn State played a game at Drexel on a Friday. And they had to fly Saturday from Philadelphia. Just stayed overnight in Philadelphia and flew from Philadelphia to Las Vegas. Okay. So we get there. So, yeah, you know, we're hungry. So we decided to go downstairs. We're staying at the Orleans to get a bite to eat. And where the restaurant was, was right next to Sportsbook. And the Carolina Panthers were playing the Giants. And this is the year, by the way, that Carolina went to the Super Bowl. And the Giants aren't that good. You know, it's just, just the way it is. Okay. And... So we're just sitting there, you know, eating. Uh, in fact, uh, Karen Girardi was there. And all of a sudden we hear, yeah, screaming, yeah. So we look over, and the Giants had tied the game. Oh, all right, this is it's interesting. That's fun. All right. The Giants have tied the game. And it was late, and the game goes to overtime. So we're eating along, and also Nick lands up, and Carolina is kicking a field goal to win the game. Field goal's up. Field goal's good. No reaction. Zero. And I looked over at everybody, and I said, obviously the giant touchdown got them inside the point spread. The field goal meant nothing. And that is, in a nutshell, the world of gambling on games. When I broadcast a game, the outcome, winning and losing, is everything. Because I'm there for the, for the game. These people who obviously, I don't know how many of them were professional gamblers, I don't know. I mean, it would be wrong of me to say they all were. But the point spread meant everything. Winning and losing the game meant nothing. That's that's the part that I, I get it, but that's the part that turns me that turns me off to it. I'm so ingrained in who wins and loses the game. And let's face it, that's that's a key part of my profession. That while I completely understand the lure of having some fun and throwing a few dollars down, I got it. I understand that. But when the outcome of the game, which means a lot to me, doesn't figure into the mindset of the person putting the money down, that's where I, I that's where the fork in the road happens for me. And of course, there's the guy in the corner office where he pets everything by colors. Oh, those are pre- <laughs> those are pretty silks. I think uh, those are adorable. I think I'll bet that 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 one to win, the green one to go second, 
Tell me I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. He does love the track, by the way. Yes, he does. And by the way, so does our guy that we had on this week, Brett Veach. That's where Dick Girardi knows Brett from. Ah, that I didn't know. Okay. Oh, no, knows him from Parks. Because Brett was with the Eagles at one point, right? That's right. And uh, a chunk of his career. That's where Dick ran into him a lot. Was at Parks. Um, yeah. He says, hey, tell him. He says, tell him I said hi. I said, I will. See, these little things that you pick up along the way. And for Dick, I mean, he, he'll run into guys, you know, from the track and so forth. And I, that's perfectly fine. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. The part that I lose, the now see, when it comes to, like, uh, a horse race, you know, it really is about winning, right? There's no point spread out there. There's odds as to how much you could win. But it's not one of those, oh, uh, a team is a seven-point favorite and wins by three, and they kick a field goal at the end to win the game. To me, like, that's a big deal. Like, all right, well, all right, that's a big deal. But to the to the professional gambler, it's like, oh, doesn't mean anything. Okay. Oh, there you go. So the Super Bowl is coming up on Sunday. Matt will tune in for all of it. I mean, what what time do you tune in for the pregame show? I'll be ready right at 2 o'clock. Which, ironically, is the same time the suit will tune in. (laughs) Well, no. That's true. He he watches the pregame show. Yes. And he was so distraught. When he found out I don't watch it. And he said, I don't understand why you don't watch it. I said, they didn't say anything on there I don't know. I mean, what what are they going to tell me I don't know? I'm going to get ready for Penn State, Michigan State, probably during the course of the afternoon, have some college basketball on. And... Then that's it. <laughs> then right about the national anthem, I'll tune in. Go, okay, let it rip. Let's play ball. Now I can't say I'll be watching every minute of the pregame show, but I will. I will definitely have it on at two o'clock, and I will see uh-huh. a good chunk of it. Now I want to say say this about the, the pregame. They do a great job with it. I'm sure the whole deal. I just have no. It has nothing to do with, oh, I'm anti-whatever. I just don't have any interest in it. My interest is in the game. And so I just want to watch the game. I don't, you know, I don't want to hear all the yammering about it. And, you know, and, and believe me, it's not they don't do a fine job. They do. But, they don't, but just because they do a fine job doesn't mean I'm interested and want to watch it. I don't. I, I don't know. It's just, just, it's just the way I've been for a long time now. I just have, when I was younger, when I mean younger, I'm going back to the '60s and the '70s. 
I always watch the NFL today, all the time, all the time, all the time. I want to get ready for games, and then as time went, I was like, eh, let's wait for the game to come on. I feel like I disappoint you when that happens. Everybody treats game day differently. Kickoff time. There I am. That's it. Yeah. Pre-game stuff. Um, he had a paper route when he was five. I'm like, oh, God, I don't care. I don't care. Okay. One day, riding on his paper route, he, he found a, an injured animal. And he brought it back. And they do like 10 minutes. I'm like, okay, great. Okay. Like, I love animals, too. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have no interest. <laughs> None. He carried the injured animal ten miles, and now he's a great wide receiver. All right, <laughs> we'll come back with more in a moment. Penn State football schedule update, new tight ends coach. More in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet. All right, it's great to have you with us. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Uh, Tyler Bowen did a fabulous job here at Penn State as the tight ends coach and was an out, you know, outstanding recruiter, excellent teacher. Uh, just did a super job here. Offensive coordinator in the Cotton Bowl. Really good young coach. And really good young coaches are sought after by other organizations. And this time it happens to be Urban Meyer and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Penn State's also been very fortunate to have some really good, young, talented assistants, consultants, whatever. And Dion Barnes and Ty Howell, two former Nittany Lions, fill that bill. Dion Barnes, I think, is a really good talent as a coach. Uh, and big plus as a recruiter, too. And Ty Howell, same thing on offense. Well, Ty Howell today uh, was moved over to the tight end spot to be the assistant coach there to replace Tyler Bowen. Ty Howell is a guy who was the center on the football team here, Penn Stater through and through. They'll tell you that he has a really great touch on the recruiting side of it. And not only that... This is a guy that grew up in a coach's family. And so he has coaching in his blood. I think he's going to do a terrific job. So I'm happy for Ty very, very much. The schedule, the revised Big Ten schedule came out today. They had to, There were six games last year that were kind of thrown around a little bit because of, you know, change the venue and things like that. So they had to get something back on track in the conference. So they revised the schedule. And to be, to be honest with you, the revisions benefited Penn State a lot, in my opinion. They're still playing the exact same opponents, but it's a little different order. Yes, they will open at Wisconsin on the 4th, Labor Day weekend. Then they have Ball State, by the way, a good team. Then they have Auburn here on the 18th, and they have Villanova. So that didn't change. Now, originally, they were supposed to have a bye week on October 2nd. Instead, they're going to play Indiana here on October 2nd. 
October 9th, they were supposed to play at Iowa, still there. Now the bye week is the 16th. So they play six games, then a bye week, then six more games. You can't ask for your bye week to be in a better spot. Then they play Illinois on the 23rd. Originally, that had been the 16th, so that got moved back a week. Ohio State got moved from November 20th to October 30th. That's a good positioning for that game, and it's good to see that game position one week after the, uh, you know, in other words, they play a game before they play that game. um, November 6th is still at Maryland. November 13th is still home with Michigan, and they then moved the Rutgers game back a week to November 20th and took Michigan State from October 23rd and kicked that up to November 27th. Now, you know, and I've said it on this show many times, Penn State should be closing the season with Michigan State anyway. I had never been for this, hey, let's play a couple games with Maryland to close out the season. Hey, let's play a couple games with Rutgers at the end of the season. Hey, let's play a couple games with Michigan State at the end of the season. No. No, that's not how it works. Make Maryland Rutgers play the last game of the season against each other. Penn State should play against Michigan State to close the season. Look, it's not Pitt. I got it. But let's face it, the Pitt thing ended 28 years ago, everybody. Okay, I got it. That ended 28 years ago. If you're 35 years old, you barely remember they closed the season with Pitt. At least with Michigan State, look, it's not like the rivalry game or anything like that, but it's a good game to close the season. And that's who they're going to have. They'll close out Thanksgiving weekend in East Lansing. I think the revisions are better for Penn State. It has a better schedule. It's just a better order with which it falls. I like the fact that Indiana's after Villanova. I like the fact that Ohio, after a bye week, it's Illinois, then it's Ohio State. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street and Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Nine News Radio, 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio, 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. I received several texts from the uh, suit about how disappointed he was in the guest list the past week. We still have Holly Rowe coming up on the show today at 4.06. I'm sorry, I couldn't get the bus. Well, the cat has got a whole bunch of them here. We're good. <laughs> the bus. Oh, we went round and round on that. The The bus is one of the more interesting. I mean, I'm glad he's in the Hall of Fame. I think it's great. But I'll tell you, numerically... Well, if I'm sitting on the committee, I'm not so sure I'd have voted yes. Only because of this. The 3.9 yard a carry thing. I sit there and go, if you're getting 3.9 yards a carry, I, that's not considered to be good. I, I can't, If I get a stat sheet and I'm seeing 3.9 yards a carry, I'm like, boy, that's disappointing. And that was his career. Well, he's better in the playoffs. Nope, he averaged 3.9 yards a carry in the playoffs, too. Now, there is a level of consistency. So he gained a lot of yards in his career, but, man, he took a lot of carries to get there. A lot of carries. And thank goodness they had Willie Parker so they could win that one Super Bowl. <laughs> they won. But he did, like, good guy. He's actually one of the part owners of the Spikes. So, All right. 
Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed, second to none. Stock up at Brewers Outlet today for the big weekend. We're in the Sunbury Motors studio, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ty Howell, great elevation for him. He's a, he, I think he'll do a terrific job, both as a recruiter and as a tight ends coach. And from that coaching family of his, he's ready for a moment like this. And this football schedule, first four games the same at Wisconsin, home Ball State, home Auburn, home Villanova. Then instead of a bye week, it's going to be home with Indiana. The October 9th game is still at Iowa. The 16th was supposed to be Illinois at home. That's now a bye week. And Illinois is now moved to October 23rd. Then it's at Ohio State on October 30th. So instead of playing Michigan and Ohio State back-to-back, Ohio State now goes to October 30th. November 6th is still at Maryland. That stayed the same. November 13th is home with Michigan. That stayed the same. Rutgers, though, moved back a week to November 20th. So that'll be senior day at Beaver Stadium. And Michigan State was moved from October 23rd to the end. The trip to East Lansing will be Thanksgiving weekend at Michigan State. So there's the new schedule that was put out today. There were six games that they had to play some games with in the Big Ten last season just to get the scheduling. Just under the category, look, you're just trying to do the best you can. So they felt they had to revise the schedule to move some parts around so there was a better accommodation this time. That's fine. That's smart. All right, hockey. The Penguins. The Flyers have been playing terrific. The Penguins, they're 5, 4, and 1 through 10. But, man, it has been a tough road so far. With that, we bring in Bob Grove from Pittsburgh. Bob, great to have you back. Always great to talk with you. I'm good, Steve. Hope you're doing well. We are doing well here. Appreciate that very much. And the Jim Rutherford thing. I mean, we haven't had a chance to talk since then. He steps aside. Yeah. How off guard was everybody by this, including you? Totally. I mean, there's nobody in Pittsburgh, and I mean nobody, including everybody in the Pittsburgh ownership group, who saw this coming. And this is quite rare. It's, you know, it's it's nothing for a GM to resign. You know, that doesn't happen a lot either, but it usually, of course, happens in the offseason. But it is, it's rare, it's relatively rare, you know, that a GM resigns, but it's exceedingly rare that he does it in the middle of a season and it's put the Penguins in a tough spot has put him in a tough spot uh, so let's go with this uh, how did he leave the organization did he leave the organization pointed with the arrow going up or neutral how did he leave the organization yeah that's a great question Steve because there's a there's different ways to look at this I mean, I think if he had left in the off season, it would have been with the arrow pointed up because, look, they brought him here to deliver the cups that the Penguins had been seeking since they won their first in two, with this group in 2009 with Malkin and Crosby. And they, you know, they really, you know, they, they had, didn't win anymore. Um, and they said, we got to get somebody in here who can get the job done. And he got it done. And yeah. he came in and he not only wins two, he wins them back to back. 
He's in the Hall of Fame as a builder. He's won three Stanley Cups in his career, of course, one with Carolina. He's the only modern GM to win Cups with two different teams. That, that you know, you've just been giving him full marks. And, and that still all applies, Steve. I mean, let's be honest. He came here again. He got it done. But then when you leave seven games into a season, uh, whatever the personal reasons are, and there's all kinds of speculation about what led to it, but he hasn't, you know, there's been nothing definitive about what it was that really caused him to leave. Um, you know, there was talk about is it, is it because there were personnel moves that he didn't make or he was being forced to make, or was it the people who left the organization he didn't want to leave? The reports that he didn't, he no longer agreed with ownership on the direction of the franchise, and nobody is talking about it. The Penguins, Rutherford said, look, I'm not going to get into it. It's a personal, whatever the reason is. It's put them in an incredibly difficult spot because now you, you basically have Patrick Alvin, a longtime scout, and um, for them on the European side, who was um, recently named as assistant GM, trying to learn on the job. And that's this, this is not the time to have somebody learning on the job in that role. Because I mean, the question is, if you want to make a move, yeah. Part, I mean, part of what Jim Rutherford could do is he could pick up the phone, and number one, the call would be taken. It was Jim Rutherford, right? Right. I mean, right away, because you at least over time build up some sort of relationship. And that's going to be one of the issues moving forward, is that ability still there to do that? And you'd have to question, it'd be, I think, iffy or a maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the look. I don't know Patrick Alvin. He's, he's, he's Like I said, he's got a great reputation right. uh, in, in player personnel. Um, scouting, etc., and maybe, maybe one that maybe he'll be the GM. I don't think it's going to happen. He's the interim GM. I think the Penguins will name someone else by the end of the month. But um, you know, maybe someday he will be that. But to your point, yes, it's not just knowing the game; it's having relationships that you can use to get what you need. And you know, the Penguins are not off to a great start. And uh, they might need to make moves sooner than uh, later. And you'd want that guy to be experienced and have those relationships built in. So what are they, 10 games into this thing right now? And yeah. here's the, here is the stat that, it, to me, is jaw-dropping. They have not led at the end of two periods in any game this season. That's correct. And that's the longest such stretch in their history, and they've been around since 1967 to start a season. They've, they've had longer stretches in the middle of seasons, but they've never started off a season like that. And I'll give you another one. The Penguins have not had a two-goal lead in any game this season. Oh, my goodness. That's so they've fallen. Yeah, I mean, it's just been – their goaltending hasn't been good, Steve. Um, you know, Casey DeSmith is – basically outplayed Tristan Jari so he's been okay yeah. but Tristan Jari hasn't been good but I mean if you look at, as a whole at the goaltending it's not been good enough they're at the bottom of the pile in the National Hockey League their special teams are a train wreck they're 24th on the PK their power play is 24th it's in an 0 for 19 streak it's costing them games they're making big mistakes and it and they're not their coverage in their own zone has hurt them. And on the other side, they have fought and clawed in every single game. Yes, to, to get what they've got. So there's there are things to like. And let's remember this. Here's the other piece of it. And, and look, no one is making excuses for them. But here's the fact: is that you know the last game they played, which was a loss in New York to the Rangers. The Penguins had two defensemen who had played for them, uh, who were in the lineup on opening night. John Marino and Cody Cece. That's yep. it. 
Yep. That's it. They have been decimated by injuries, almost all of them to their left side defensemen. So they were playing. I mean, if you think about it, they've got uh, Pierre Lillier Joseph, who was a former former first round pick of Arizona, and came over in the Kessel deal. So he's been a rookie. He's been spectacular. Mm-hmm. He's looked great. But you know, you had Chad Ruedel, who's been a career kind of depth defenseman, was playing bigger minutes for the Penguins. Kevin Churchman, a guy who hadn't played a game in the National Hockey League in almost seven years, has played a couple of games mm-hmm. for them. And they went out and signed Yannick Weber, a guy who ten days ago was a free agent nobody wanted him that's been who's on defense for the penguins because of injuries so you have to say you know that's not typical and that's been a factor and i'm watching the ranger game the other night and the rangers had scored two third period goals all season so they haven't exactly been lighting it up when you needed it and yet yep. they get that they got that one goal in the third period and i know the penguins have had comebacks so i understand that but you can just watch the game, Bob, and realize that like one goal felt like three. Like they, well, yeah, it yeah, felt it felt like that goal. And suddenly, you felt like you were down three and not just down one. No, and that's right. And it, and the reason for that, Steve, is because the Penguins right now sit twentieth in the league in goals for, and you know enough about the Penguins in their history. That's not where they usually live. They're right. usually in the top five. Yep, uh, they, they score tons of goals. It's usually defensive questions you have, but. So they haven't been doing that. Why? Part of the reason is Evgeny Malkin off to the worst start of his career. Yep. Sidney Crosby's been uh, he's been okay, but he's not lighting it up either. I think he's been on the ice for one even-strength goal this season. And then the power play. So the thing that killed the Penguin fans in that Ranger loss was the Penguins missing all those opportunities on the power play. They had an o- another offer in that game. And then the Rangers getting a chance late in the game. Won a face-off, took a shot, deflected in, game over. That, that's what's killing them. So the Penguins this week because they had a couple of cancellations because the Devils were in the COVID situation. So two home games against New Jersey got canceled. So the Penguins suddenly had four days to practice, and they have done nothing but practice shooting the puck on the power play. We'll see if that translates when they play uh, the Islanders on Saturday night. Right. I mean, we're going to find out. And then here's another one. right? Look, I know when it comes to moving forward, nobody's better at doing this, but – how tough has it been to watch Chris Letang play defense this year? Yeah, he's yeah, he's the the good news for them is he's going to be back Saturday um, because he's he, he's been out with a lower body injury, he missed the right. game on Saturday, so uh, last Saturday, so or Monday, but he's he struggles. He's not off to a good start. He's making the same kinds of bad decisions with the puck that he that he was making quite frequently again last season. It's been the thing that's driving them crazy. I mean, he's still. He's eating up a lot of ice time. He's among the league leaders in ice time, and he runs the power play. And I think they've really missed they really missed him the other night on the power play. It showed to me, and um, they need they need him to be better. But to be honest, you know, Steve, this is the problem: is you can look at Evgeny Malkin and say we need you to be better. They can look at Tristan Jari and say we need you to be better. Yeah. Even even John Marino, who apparently is also going to be back, he was on the COVID list but practiced today, has been off to a rough start, and he was spectacular for them last year right. as a rookie. So there's a lot of guys who can look in the mirror and say, you know, I, I need to be way better. And Latang is one of them. And uh, and the way he's played is continues to, um, I'm sure it's making the coaching staff crazy because he's turning over the puck and he's making decisions that his level of experience should should allow him not to be making. Father time is undefeated. How? <laughs> uh, and so when it comes to Gino Malkin, uh, how is the battle against father time? Because 
he looks between decision making and skating. He looks slow in both. Well, his uh, his body language for me is not the greatest. Has not been the greatest. Like he to me, Steve, he looks like a guy who has lost confidence. Yeah. And 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 because he's not shooting the puck, he refuses to shoot the puck. Uh, and that is that is not a good sign when you've got the skill level of Kenny Malkin. I mean, not that he's not – he's a terrific passer, too. But, right. you know, so it's more about confidence. For me, when I watch him, I don't like the body language. I don't like him passing up shots. I think he can still – look, is he skating now at 34 like he did when he was 27, as you just mentioned? Of course right. he's not. Right. But, 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 I, but I think he's okay. I think, I think that's not it. It's his puck distribution. It's been pretty bad all season, which is decision making, and it was really bad on Monday night. Oh my goodness, the Rangers! Oh my, it goodness. was really bad. Yeah, yeah it, it was. Now here's the other part. I look, I think Sidney Crosby has played well, but the problem yeah. the problem when you're Sidney Crosby is you're not expected to play well. You're expected like every night to be awesome. Yeah, he he doesn't have a goal yet this season in the five on five, if I'm correct. Well, he's been on the ice for one, but I don't think he has any. Right. right. So, so hit between Jake Gensel playing on his left and Brian Ross playing on his right, look, they've had the puck most of the time. When they're on the ice together, uh, and even be- earlier when it wasn't Ross playing up there, when it was Evan Rodriguez before he got hurt, the Crosby line has dictated play. It's what the an analytics crowd likes to say. He's driven play. The Penguins, when, when, that, when Crosby's line's on the ice, has the puck the most, is taking more shots than the opponents, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not getting it done at even strength. And as I just said, they're not getting it done on the power play. So, um, for the most part, he, you know, he, he, Sid was racking up some power play points earlier in the season. They have to be – and it's not just that they're not scoring, Steve. It's they're on the other side of it. They're being scored upon yes. when they're on the ice. So that that cannot continue. I mean, that's the bottom line. As we talked earlier, you know, before the season started, what – when we thought about what was ahead for the Penguins, and I said if Tristan Jari doesn't play well, they're in trouble. Right? Okay, he hasn't played well. No. But the other obvious thing is, if Malkin and Crosby aren't Malkin and Crosby, the Penguins are going nowhere. And Sid's been Sid's been okay. You know, mm-hmm. I have no right. issues with him. But but if you just look at at the whole picture, it's not enough. You know, and this is the problem: is you can't ask Sidney Crosby to carry the team offensively. He, he, this is just not fair right now. And you know, you, you've got to have everybody contributing. Bottom six guys haven't done as much. And uh, if Sid and Gino don't start becoming productive, both on the power play and at even strength, then they're not going to make the playoffs. As you get older, you actually do need a little bit more of a training camp to work. You know everything else yeah. so you've got a chance to get into a season with some gear it just takes a little longer sometimes when you're older to do that because of the circumstances this was a limited training camp are we seeing the effects of that potentially absolutely i think the first two 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 and a half weeks of the season around the league you saw that yeah you saw some uneven performances the blues getting blown out eight nothing uh, and they're a really good team they're one of the best teams in the mm-hmm. league um, you just saw, you just watched it, and you're like, man, this is sloppier than normal. Of course it is, because they didn't have any exhibition games, they didn't right. have any camps. Right. Well, I mean, it passed for a camp, but it wasn't much of a camp. <laughs> right. So now you're like, how much workouts did you do in the off season? These guys take such great care of themselves, but they couldn't go to the gym. I mean, I mean, they weren't going to the gyms, and they, you know, so they had to change their their workout routines. 
and do stuff at home, and that's never been a problem for Sid. But I, I wonder if, if that's one of the things that's bugged Malkin a little bit. Maybe he, you know, getting away from the way he usually operates in the off season didn't serve him well. And then you add on top of that, Steve, the other layer is the Penguins with so many new faces to try and work oh, in the lineup. Yes. Training camps where you get that stuff all out of your system, and they didn't have it. So, yeah, so this is what you get. Great to talk with you. I really appreciate it so much, Bob. Look forward to the next one, too. All right. Me too, Steve. Thanks for having me. Bob Grove will come back with more in a moment. Holly Road next half hour. King final half hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Brewers Outlet. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is because it's Brewers Outlet time. The beverage supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet Reagan Street Sunbury wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage. Holly Rowe next half hour. Great to have you with us on the show today. King final half hour. We'll be doing prop bets. Let's see. Now, do you watch the half? Oh, that's right. You love the halftime show. I forgot. Uh, uh, I love everything about the Super Bowl. Uh, What, the weekend? It is the weekend this year, right. The weekend's pictures outside our broadcast booth in the Jordan Center. Ah. Like, no, I, I didn't even. I just noticed it the other day. I went, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess they performed there then at some point. Yes, they must have, obviously. Yeah, they must have. Okay. Um, I don't watch that either. <laughs> <laughs> I get something to eat. It's too long. It's, you know. In my household, that's always traditionally dessert time. It's so what do you time. get for what, what do you get dessert? What's for dessert? We've mixed it up. Usually it's football themed, so we've done football ice cream cake one year. The year the Eagles were in the Super Bowl, Lisa made uh, Toll House pan cookies, which is basically a square chocolate chip cookie with Eagles icing on top, like green icing on top. Okay. Or we've done just a regular football chocolate cake, so we, we mix it up every year. I usually just get a pizza. We'll and see, I'm we eat before willing, the game. I, I'm more than willing to drive out and get it because I have no desire to watch <laughs> I'm sorry. I just want to get back to the game. I know. What about the commercials? Do you at least enjoy those? Uh, I could care less about that. <laughs> I enjoyed last year's. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Subway Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth. 
The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC way. The SMC way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. 